Those who do not understand the laws of karma are unable to acknowledge their mistakes. They blame the whole world for things happening to them that they disagree with. I'll repeat, until they are 14, they only settle their old karma. When they turn 14, they start to create a new karma through their actions and thoughts. At the same time, they continue to settle the old karma that these parents were high souls who had taken the burden of that soul to help it through this path. If a child is unable to come to this world through the mother bound to them by karma, this child comes through another woman. So get rid of that program of regret and remorse. Today we are going to discuss complex but very important topics, heavy karma of children and parents, work with the bloodline, forgiveness, relationships. Our first question is the following, what meaning does the bloodline hold for a person? It all depends on what you think your bloodline is. If you think it's your deceased ancestors, that's one thing. If you think it's God, the entirety of this community, that's another thing. First of all, one should make up their mind about it. It's not about choice, you should follow your feelings. You'll always have time to choose. What do you feel in regard to this topic? One could say, for me, my bloodline is my ancestors and family. That's the current level of their consciousness. And we use certain methods to work with it. If they perceive this bloodline from the perspective of the Absolute, it should be decided from within. I'd like to repeat that everything that is connected with the bloodline and things that we are recommended, there are entire systems and branches that work with the bloodline. I think that the best way to help your family line it's not you who needs their help, but rather they who need your help to some extent. Otherwise, why would they build it all up? Do you see the point? Your family, the entire lineage, wants perpetuation. If they are perfect, why do they want perpetuation? How does all this happen? How do they live? What is it all for? What kind of existence is there for them on the subtle plane? Why do they cling to it? They do cling to it. There are people whose bloodline is dying out. They are in serious trouble. Their deceased relatives come to them in a dream asking them to do everything for procreation. Why? That's exactly what I am talking about, but it's presented entirely differently. If this is a dynasty of demigods, who are rather self-sufficient and powerful, by the way, even they need pujas, what kind of situation is that? If you are independent and self-sufficient, why do you want others to serve you and worship you? Because people exchange energy. This is a kind of vampirism too. That's how I see it. You may have a different opinion. 
But I see it this way. If a yogi or a spiritual seeker rises above this while respecting all traditions, they become the head of the lineage and don't need anything. They serve. That's why I think that ascended masters like El Moria, Jesus, Magdalene, Mary, Mother of Jesus, Guanyin, Paul of Venice, Kuthumi, Joku, Sanat Kumara, a great number of teachers, including Babaji, don't need anyone to serve them and get energy from because they themselves are that potent dynamic and static power that transmits all this. We, who are still in this space, need their help to some extent. And they do help us. Even those who say, I don't need anyone, still do. And they get help. People's egos vary. Some people say, I will do it myself, which demonstrates their selfhood. They forget that it is God who gives them the opportunity to do something by themselves. He is the one who opens up this opportunity. Ascended masters don't need it. They always help others. They never cease working. They don't sleep nor eat. Again and again they create conditions for the evolution of consciousness of every person, of all communities. Please note that this is how I personally see it. I don't want to be the one to fix it in your mind. There are people here who perceive their bloodline like this. They think we must and we should stay connected. Okay, stay connected. I don't want to say that you should abandon this idea. I want to say that you should develop so as to help your family, not to get help from your family. If you help your family, they will help you in any case if this is possible. But best of all is to head for the absolute without any medium. This is my opinion. Are there any practices women should do during pregnancy? At the late stages of pregnancy, Mahamudra is not advisable. In our practice, there are no prohibitions as such. However, it will be simply impossible to do the 35th Kriya. Mahamudra implies bending your body. If a woman's belly is big, she won't be able to do it. So there are certain physical limits, or you could do it mentally, it's also effective. For your mind, it doesn't matter whether you perform a physical action or truly focus on this idea mentally. For it, you've put your body to work. A serious question. What if one parent has committed violence against the child? As a result, the child ended the relationship with this parent. How will it affect the child's fate? How old is the child? 31. He is an adult already. You need to talk to him. Firstly, there are psychologists who specialize in this. It's kind of crutches. The person should want to change it. If the person is closed off and holds this grudge throughout their lifetime, it will be really hard. 
But nevertheless, you can still reach out to him, carefully unfold this issue, or maybe not even the issue. Find the path to his heart, open it up. It's possible. In any case, in the life of this person, there is someone he really trusts. Who is it? So it's you who have to do it. Here, it's also important to accept the law of karma. Those who do not understand the laws of karma are unable to acknowledge their mistakes. They blame the whole world for things happening to them that they disagree with. Sometimes children die. The mother then rises up against God saying, why did you take him from me? She doesn't understand. It's her maternal ego that rules, and it's very hard to handle it. It's really hard for a mother. It happened to my mother. My brother was nine years younger than me, and he left this world due to certain circumstances. He left for the upper worlds. But for her, it's nothing but death. She hasn't still accepted it. Absolutely. Though she worships God and prays, but she is still sick at heart. Now it's gotten better, but only after many years had passed. But she still has to work out this program. Of course, I do what I can to help her. I think it will be rather easy for you to help your child. Because you are connected, you love him, and he loves you and trusts you. I think he should pay close attention to the Vedic philosophical maxims and the laws of karma. Everything that has happened to him is predetermined by this karma. How old was he at that time? Can you remember? 14. I have asked the age not out of mere interest. When a teenager turns 14, they start to work with their current incarnation. There is a book of fate. Persons under 14 settle their past affairs, all that's written in this book. When they turn 14, there's a new program for them to follow. And during the transition, where the old and the new come together, it was his old karma that influenced his life for the last time. You get it? The roots are back in the past. That's what it is. It's important for a person to know these laws. Even if they don't believe in them, they must know how it works. When the time is right, they'll believe. I'll repeat, until they are 14, they only settle their old karma. When they turn 14, they start to create a new karma through their actions and thoughts. At the same time, they continue to settle the old karma. Someone has deeply offended me, but now they ask to forgive them and restore communication. Do I have to resume contact with them? You know, it will be sufficient to forgive them, you don't have to communicate. When one is forgiven, communication is not necessary. Actually, this is a heavy karma. It's an impact on one's mental state from which one won't recover in this lifetime, unless they do something to get out of this state and rise up. Of course, everyone has their own problems, and everyone thinks that their problems are the most challenging from the standpoint of ego and personality. But there is an opportunity or possibility to understand that people can find themselves in situations that are many times worse than that. 
For example, a 10-year-old boy, blinded by bandits, was brought to Sai Baba. The child was at home. He was about eight or nine years old at the time. It was in India. He was at home when burglars broke into the house and started to collect things. It was a well-off family. These criminals started stealing things, gold, whatever the family had. Suddenly this child comes out, he looks at them, they look at him, so they blinded him. It is a tragedy for the parents. It's not about jewelry, gold, money, it's about the child. What for? Anyway, there was such a tragedy. They bring the child to Sai Baba. Sai Baba is a wonder worker in terms of ordinary people's understanding. I saw it personally. I know firsthand what he was capable of. So the parents brought the child to him and begged, please give him back his eyesight. He could materialize eyes, he could do anything. He could change someone's gender. He changed a boy to a girl when the mother was eight months pregnant. This is a well-known case. He says, Swami can give him his sight back. He always spoke about himself in the third person. Swami can do this. Swami is a spiritual reference. Baba was always addressed as Swami. But this boy, your son, blinded a child in a past life. I think there was more than one. I can't remember exactly now. One for sure. If he realizes his sin when he gets older, Swami will give him his sight back. But right now, it's impossible. There is a law. There was another case. You can tell all these things. Of course, the best is to read about it. There was another case, a very illustrative one. It was a really fascinating moment witnessed by everyone. Mandir, there is such a place. Imagine a spiritual hall, an ashram or center, where a huge number of people are seated, just like you are sitting here right now. Probably up to 10,000 people can be accommodated there. There are several thousand on one side and several thousand on the other. A young family from Germany arrived. Their child was about 11 years old at the time. The girl was like a vegetable. She had no consciousness at all. Her parents used to carry her for darshan in their arms all the time. There are a lot of people there. It's very hot in India, a huge crowd of people. They all sit in rows, just like you. Baba comes out, goes along the lane, everyone asks for something. Everybody has their own requests, their own prayers, their own aspirations. Some have somebody dead, some have somebody dying. It's a hell of an environment. These parents are there with the child, they are from Germany. This girl is sometimes on the women's side and sometimes on the men's side. There were people from all over the world. All of them see this child and feel pity for her. Everyone is waiting for Baba to pay attention to this child and heal her, to give her knowledge, to give her consciousness, awareness. Baba passes by. He helps others. He looks through her as if he doesn't notice and walks away. It goes on for two or three weeks. Every single day. They spent a month there hoping that he would help the child. 
One day, it just so happened that there was a guy who worked as an interpreter for Russian-speaking people. At some point, Baba walked down the lane, picked up letters, helped someone, materialized, healed someone, etc. It's a tremendous work that is going on on every plane with all people at once. It's impossible to explain. He grabs this child. There are Savadals sitting there. They are security guards who keep order. Because people leap to their feet sometimes. He takes the child, carries her over people's heads, and rushes to Sai Baba. He prostrates to him and asks, why are you ignoring her? Why are you tormenting everyone? The whole room froze. Baba looked, waved his hand, and a big holographic screen appeared in the mandir that all the people could see, both this side and that side. A screen appeared in space depicting a scene. A sleek Gestapo officer fires a Mauser in the back of seated people's heads. It was an execution. The screen disappeared and Baba went on with his business. Everyone realized that the girl was a new incarnation of the Gestapo officer. We can suppose that the parents also had a heavy karma. They are unlikely to have been Gestapo officers, but maybe they were involved in other affairs of this kind. I want to believe that there is another explanation, that these parents were high souls who had taken the burden of that soul to help it through this path. It's also possible. It happens, for example, when a couple have a baby who dies the day it's born, or the next day, or a few days after birth. It dies. It never lives. It is a tragedy for these parents. However, in terms of the Vedic laws and karmic principles, these parents are chosen ones. They are high souls who assume the responsibility of accepting another high soul whose karma is at the last work-off point. This soul is not to live any longer. It moves on to a different level. It just needed to incarnate one last time and immediately leave this world. It has no karma and leaves. That's why I'm giving this example. So get rid of that program of regret and remorse. Is a child's soul connected to a surrogate mother? Partly it is. They are also connected. We can call it tricky, but it's actually very consistent and fair and very wise. If a child is unable to come to this world through the mother bound to them by karma, this child comes through another woman. This woman can send the child to an orphanage, but the mother finds the child, takes them home, and they live together. What about a surrogate mother? This is almost the same, but for some exceptions. All of them are connected.
Do these children also belong to the divine? Why? They belong to the divine. Everything belongs to the divine. You say that belly breathing is strongly advised, but something always hinders me. There are many reasons for it. The simplest one is that you are wearing your belt too tight. I mean it. In this case, chest breathing is a compensation. After putting on the belt, or it could be stress. Stress causes spasms in the diaphragm. The diaphragm becomes stiff and doesn't function properly and you start to breathe this way. It's especially true for women, because they often take care of the belly. Plus, women tend to experience more stress and are more sensitive. And they have to learn belly breathing from scratch. Why is abdominal breathing so important? When the diaphragm is relaxed, it has a dome-like shape. Have you seen the diaphragm? It's tense if we pull it down. And we pull it down by stretching the belly, the muscles. It stretches too. At this point, prana moves downward. On the exhale, it relaxes because the abdomen retracts, it kind of goes up to a certain extent. At this point, apana rises. Prana means apana, and an alchemical transformation takes place. This is how a person becomes healthy. They receive all types of energies. If a person only breathes through the chest, I mean upper clavicle breathing, the abdomen does not work, and there is no adequate apana supply. Prana doesn't go down as it's supposed to, and a person gets sick. This is why clothing should not be constrictive. Some people experience belly growth because they don't exercise. They either don't have time for it or don't want to. Feeling embarrassed and ashamed, they start to wear tight belts to hide their belly. It's very harmful. We have the belt meridian where energies circulate like this. This is an energy channel. Yes, it's a channel. Girls are strongly advised against doing so because it can cause problems with their reproductive system. When you excessively tighten the belt, this meridian, this energy channel, is blocked, and the circulation is poor. It causes all kinds of abdominal diseases, including female and male health conditions at that level. Because without circulation, apana doesn't work and never meets prana. Well, they meet, but not nearly enough. Therefore, it is best to do some extra exercises to build up your abs, for example. All men need it. In this respect, the 42 kriyas give you great power. Because when you tense your arm muscles, you go to the gym to bulk up, this is the 22nd Kriya. In the gym you can practice it with weights while concentrating on your actions. But in this case you must make sure that everything you do in the gym is in accord with your channel system. Can girls do it too? Yes, why not? But do it very carefully, without violence. Because excessive load on these organs also causes spasms in your muscles. What is your opinion about cryon books? Cryon has been known about for approximately 15 to 20 years now. 
No one has ever seen him. I always ask, where is that cryon from? Who is he anyway? The books are very plausible, very serious. But I've seen people who have really gone crazy about it. Even fatal cases have been reported. Fatal cases when people were subjected to imprints, implants. Who brings these imprints to them? Who implants them? They found themselves in a very sad situation, losing their individuality or even life. This is how I see it. It's very important for me personally. Whether to adopt this approach or not, it's up to you. I can only share my experience. I know it firsthand. I have experienced it, and there are well-known, highly respected teachers who also confirm this information. We know about the White Brotherhood, people who help other people, civilization, humankind. When they want to work with a certain person, they come exactly to them. They may manifest on the astral or physical plane, which is more often. They introduce themselves and ask permission for cooperation, without forcing that person to do anything. But when there appears someone unknown that no one ever heard of, and any information about them is heavily camouflaged in order to make them look and sound special, it doesn't interest me at all. Because there's a law. If a God that came to you is gone, it's not your God. A God who came to you and stayed is the true God. What's the use of knowing about Kryon? What can I do for myself? Okay, I'll read this book. There's an enormous amount of literature now that distorts the truth. Myriads of books are published. It is best to read books by realized masters who are known in person. They have lived their life. Their life is the proof of their holiness. They may have suffered, they may have been wrong. Some things may not have happened the way they wanted them to. But their holiness is obvious to many people. They end up ascending. That which they leave behind, it all works. You've seen them, you know where they are from.